Our planet is in a state of emergency. We now face a climate crisis that should have been taken care of before I was even born. But unfortunately, greed and corruption have silenced the scientists and blocked any progress toward reducing our reliance on fossil fuels. Our government is supposed to be by the people and for the people. Yet it is systematically turning its back on us in front of our very eyes. As youth activist Greta Thunberg aptly put it, our civilization is being sacrificed for the opportunity of a very small number of people to continue making enormous amounts of money. The fact that there isn't widespread public outrage is incredible. But since this is no longer an issue that can be left to a few angry environmentalists, we need everyone. We need a climate army. If people in our country and around the world remain uninformed, our leaders will continue to move forward with the same bad ideas that got us into this mess in the first place. My goal here is to arm you with the proper information, easy to understand and easy to share knowledge, green ammunition if you will, that you can use as a topic of conversation or as evidence for an argument. After each short episode, if I've done my job right, you'll come away a little more confident when talking about climate change with your friends, family, and those who might be neither, but need to hear this information. All right, y'all, here we go. When talking about climate change, it really doesn't help very much to bring up polar bears on tiny icebergs or the predictions for 100 years from now. People automatically associate the issue with something that's either far away spatially, like it'll affect the North Pole but not them, or far away in the distant future, like something that'll happen after they die. One thing that does tend to get people's attention is money. There are almost countless ways that climate change is set to disrupt local, national, and global economies. But for now, we're going to focus on economic losses that stem from our lakes and oceans heating up as they've been doing. One of the most alarming results of our rising ocean temperatures is the damage being done to coral reef ecosystems. As of today, an estimated 1 billion people depend on coral reefs for food and income from fishing and tourism. Even in places that don't rely heavily on coral reefs for food, like the Florida Keys, the local economy is sustained by tourists who come to swim, snorkel, and dive on the reef. As sea temperatures rise, corals have a hard time surviving and often undergo what is known as a bleaching event. To get a basic understanding of what coral bleaching is, I contacted two University of Miami marine scientists. Dalton Hesley, program manager at UM's Coral Restoration Lab, explains. So coral bleaching events occur with increased water temperatures. Uh, corals are very specialized for the right depth, temperature, flow, nutrient levels that they, they've evolved to uh, thrive in. So when those temperatures rise outside of their regular limits, they become stressed. And a stressed coral responds by bleaching. Um, bleaching doesn't mean the coral has died, but they are at risk of mortality. Um, so unless ocean temperatures are uh, stabilized, we're going to continue to see bleaching events which lead to large coral die-offs. Now, a lot of people familiar with climate change have heard of coral bleaching, but very few have a solid grasp on what's actually happening to the corals when they get stressed and turn white. For this, I talked to David Ahrens, lab manager at UM's Coral Reef Futures Lab. Corals by themselves are fantastic animals, right? And the main reason why they're so special is because inside of the corals, they have this algae, these tiny, tiny algae that basically, the way that they work, they're partners, right? So the coral gives the algae a home and kind of like a paying rent 
eat algae to give them nutrients. I was like, thank you for letting me stay here. I'll give you all the nutrients that I get from photosynthesis, and here you go. And so basically with um, global warming, what happens is that the mechanism of photosynthesis that these tiny algae that live inside the corals are using gets disrupted. They start creating toxic substances for the corals. And so basically the corals, the way that they react, their, their immune system is like, you're not good anymore for me. <laughs> you're, you're maybe paying rent or you're destroying my house, right? And when that happens is that when you see the whitening of the coral or, or as commonly known as bleaching. To summarize, as it starts getting warmer, the little algae that lives with the coral turns into a bad roommate, so the coral decides to kick it out. But unfortunately, the little algae roommate was the one stocking the fridge, so without it, the coral can end up starving and eventually dying. Not only are coral reefs the home to almost a quarter of all marine species, but from a selfish human perspective, they're extremely important to fishing and tourism industries. According to the World Economic Forum, coral reefs represent an incredible $36 billion a year in economic value to the world. In the last 40 years alone, as the world's use of fossil fuels has skyrocketed, mass coral reef bleaching events have become five times as common. If efforts are not made to rapidly curb climate change, coral reefs as we know them will vanish within our lifetime. Now, a consequence of rising temperatures that is rarely ever considered in discussions about climate change is the economic impact on lakeside communities. There are obviously no coral reefs in freshwater lakes, so how could a warmer climate possibly be detrimental? To answer this question, I traveled to Lugano, Switzerland, a city that stands on the northern shore of Lake Lugano, to talk to Dr. Patrick Della Croce, an environmental scientist at Franklin University. Basically what happens is during the summer, the sun heats up the surface of the water. Water, when it's warm, it's lighter, okay? And so basically what you end up having in lakes is so-called thermal stratification, which basically means you have warm water on top floating on the colder water at the bottom of the lake okay so practically what you have is kind of a two separated lake a warm one floating on top of the cold one so eventually a lot of the stuff that grows on the surface of the lake dies and sinks to the bottom and so in a normal lake this happens regularly okay and then in the in the winter what happens the, the surface water gets cooled down as the, the the bottom part of the lake and then with a little bit of wind, you have mixing. So basically what happens is now the water is all the same density. And so the top part basically goes down to the bottom of the lake, bringing oxygen down. And the bottom comes up, basically uh, bringing up all the nutrients. So if you're like me, you might be wondering, all right, so what? Top lake, bottom lake, mixing, how does this have anything to do with money? Here's the thing. That mixing happens in the winter when the top layer cools down enough. But if it isn't a very cold winter, the mixing doesn't happen, and the annual cycle is skipped. So why does it matter if it skips a cycle every now and then, right? Like, what's the big deal? When the lake, for instance, skips a cycle, then when it mixes the year afterwards, you have a hell of a lot of nutrients coming up, which will lead to very large algae bloom during the next summer okay which makes the water very murky which doesn't make the water very inviting for swimming and so forth and so on and so from a touristic perspective the lake is hugely important 
Long story short, lake mixing, or lake turnover as it's otherwise known, is enormously important for redistributing nutrients and maintaining the health of the lake. As winters continue to get warmer, cities like Lugano, which rely on a beautiful lake to attract tourists, will be forced to deal with the reality of massive algal blooms. For anyone who doubts the potential economic losses that could stem from these blooms, look no further than Florida in 2018. Within just a few months, an unusually large algal bloom kept tourists away and reportedly cost businesses nearly $90 million. If greenhouse gas emissions are allowed to go unchecked in the coming years, Lugano and other lakeside communities will likely face similar consequences. So many fossil fuels have been burned and greenhouse gases released that we are running out of time to avoid locked-in levels of dangerous warming. Scientists estimate that by 2030, if our leaders continue to ignore the existential threat that is climate change, the damage to our atmosphere will be irreversible and we will have to live with the results of our actions. As usual, those who are the least responsible for this problem will bear the greatest burden. Historically ignored, low-income and minority communities in our country and around the world will be tasked with facing humanity's greatest miscalculation head-on. It is not too late to make change, but we must act now. Our collective response thus far has resembled a child's whisper when it should be nothing less than uproar. Take this ammunition I'm giving you, look for more on your own, and mobilize. We're not going down without a fight. Over and out. This science communication podcast is brought to you by Franklin University Switzerland and the University of Miami.